Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. everybody into another episode of believe in kentucky we're live on twitter and youtube and facebook follow us at believe in kentucky my name is Vinny hardy Jalen whitlow you just heard his highlight courtesy of tom leach former uk quarterback and we are joined by a great guest tonight Jalen. we got uk softball coach 2014 nfca national coaching staff of the year 2016 sec coach of the year 14 consecutive NCAA appearances. Coach Rachel Lawson is here with us. Coach, thank you so much for hopping on with us. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. And your ears might have been burning. We've we've brought your name up a few times on this episode. And Jenna Becerra does the Believe in Softball podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. So she's you know kind of like a colleague of ours. You were on her podcast, and believe it or not, we've had her on here twice and hadn't had you really? on, which is, yes, <laughs> we talked softball twice, had her on before Mayhem, and then had her on right when okay. Mayhem was going on, so we, we talked cool. softball, and told her, I was like, we got to get Coach on here, we've had you on twice, haven't had Coach on here, so we are honored to have you on here with us now. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. I, you know, it's kind of fun talking to softball with you guys, like, uh, I guess in February. So almost, so, uh, I feel kind of honored. I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> so how are you feeling about the season? You're what, nine days away now? We are, we start up next Friday, I guess we start up next Friday in San Diego. So feel really good about the team. It's, it's a, it's a good schedule. We, we start out right away with a bang. So we'll get to, uh, not only get an opportunity to hopefully, you know, get some wins, but also to uh, kind of see what kind of team that we have. So we're really excited to get out there, get into some warmer weather and and just get going. Absolutely. That was one of my things I was wanting to ask you. Look, some of my questions might be basic. You might be thinking, what is this dude asking me? What is he really thinking? <laughs> but- no, not at all. I'm good. <laughs> I didn't even know we were playing tonight. So you're way ahead of me. So we're good. <laughs> If you were to divide the season up into into thirds, the okay. softball season, like the the first third of the season, like you said, you know, kind of finding out what time, kind of team you have, roles being defined, the, the middle third of the season, maybe maintaining the good rhythm that you have, and then the last third of the season, maybe you know, the quote unquote dog days, and everybody's looking forward to the postseason, which. Which third is the hardest or the most challenging or in your opinion? Well, I'd like to say it works that way in softball, but you it kind of – it does and it doesn't. So, you know, the beginning of the – because we have, we have 56 regular season games. So – but we'll play 
I mean, we'll probably play 20 to 24 games against uh, before we start SEC play. So it's kind of divided up um, non-conference um, before SEC play. We get into SEC play. And then if you're good enough in those two, then you are kind of earn the right to the postseason. So it's not easy to go to the postseason um, in softball. But, um, you know, you have to win in the preseason. Well, you have to win in the non-conference season to even have a shot really at the postseason, which is kind of weird. But in softball, um, you're in control of your schedule and you're not. So, for example, I signed up for a tournament in San Diego and we we're expecting San Diego State, you know, who's a uh, super regional team, very good team. And, you know, some other very good teams to get us going. Well, turns out, you know, a couple months ago, teams dropped out. They added teams. So now we're playing uh, two World Series teams, two postseason teams, and something else, weekend one. So you're like, whoa, what is going on? And you you kind of need to win, you know, a couple of those games so that you stay in the hunt to be able to host for the postseason because you get to host um, in the sport of softball. So it's not predetermined sites. So right when you hit the ground running, you have to uh, – you're trying to build up your team, but at the same token, you have to get um, enough quality wins to put yourself in a position. You know, we try to host at Kentucky. So, um, you know, first you got to make the postseason, but if you can host, the teams that host definitely have a better shot at going to the World Series. So you're you're kind of constantly doing this juggling thing of, okay, do I, you play five games on the weekend, it's the opening weekend, you know, your ace of a pitcher, how, who do you play her against? How many games do you win? You can't afford to lose to a bad team because that's going to kill your RPI, but you want to win the good team so you can, you know, you can host. So there's just a lot of uh, moving parts the whole time. But um, so I'd say they're all important. Um, the SEC is is the best conference top to bottom in the country, no question, and you have to play well. So that's, that's really tough too. So I, I don't know. I love it all. So it's good. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and speaking of Jenna, you start off with Stanford, right? You know, yeah, was- we uh, first day, you know, they're not our first game, but they're our first day. And we happened to play them twice. They're one of the teams that were picked up. So we weren't we didn't think we were going to play them. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, we got, you know, we got Stan. It's a it's a game changer when you're playing Stanford. And, the, and they arguably have, you know, one of the best pitchers in the country, if not the best pitcher in the country on their staff this year. So that'll be a real eye opener for uh you know, our, our veterans will have played elite level pitching, but our freshmen, they're going to be like, what in the world is this? I mean, this thing's going to be coming 74 at them and they're going to be like, whoa, you know, it's going to be about a 10 mile an hour difference. And in softball, that's that's quite a bit. So uh, it's going to be a fun weekend for sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, um, I remember I, and I told this story multiple times on here, but uh, softball was my favorite sport to go support in college, um, you know. And, and, and my team, some of my teammates as well. Like we, I was in the class with you know uh, Silver Samuel, Nikki, okay. Samuel, uh, Christian Stokes. Uh, you know those girls. Sure. Yeah, were in that class. So uh, yeah, we used to come out of support all the time. And I, you know, one thing I like to ask coaches is like, what what do you feel? Um, what do you feel is like the the thing that keeps your program running at optimal level? It, it could be all you know off season stuff training, discipline, whatever, like what, what do you think is kind of the edge that you guys have um, in the program? Well, it, it starts with the people. And I know that sounds very cliche, but we have very, I mean, you met, 
Christian, you met Silver, all those people. So we, they're great, right? They're great people. They're very steady. They work very hard. So we have a, we have a culture of people who believe they can win, but they know they have to work incredibly hard to win. So they don't take months off. They don't do silly stuff off the field and we have to start back over or anything right. like that. So this, there's this really cool culture of people who like to have a good time, but they're very, you know, they come to Kentucky because they want to play at an elite level, but they're very serious about what they do. They have a good time together, but they're, they're disciplined. And so I think it starts with just how cool the people are, how disciplined they are. They're very down to earth too. Like in no softball, you know, you can get punched in the mouth. Like when we, you know, you can like play a weekend and you're just like, what just happened? You know, when you take three losses like that quick and then you can turn around and win it. So I think it, I think it keeps you humble also. I mean, there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of arrogance running around or whatever. So everybody, I think everybody stays pretty grounded. So I think it starts there in a, you know, it sounds funny, but we have a very consistent strength and conditioning program. Um, some of my favorite softball coaches were football coaches um, when I was growing up younger. So they'd coach the football in the fall. And then I don't know why they coach softball. I don't know if they needed extra money or what, but they're just like a bunch of dudes that are like, you're getting in the weight room. You're going to eat a lot and you're going to play. And uh, I kind of took that with me my whole life. And so we kind of run it probably more similar to, you know, the off season physical part of it. Um, like football, obviously we don't hit each other, but like, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So I think those two things are kind of the secret to what we do. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, like you said, I can attest to that. I mean, those girls that I just named, I mean, they, they were all, they seemed pretty steady, uh, pretty comfortable yeah. with who they were down to earth. Um, and I, and I can see that, you know, and, you know, if I'm not mistaken, when I when I was there, you guys were like having a really good. I mean, you guys have good seasons all the time, but really good seasons, and you know, so I can I can definitely see that in the personnel, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that you guys have, and, you know, and it, and it shows. I mean, the success of the program. So that's good. You know, I just wanted to see because I'm always interested in like what keeps people afloat in their program. Like, how do they do it year in year out? Especially for somebody like you who've been doing it for a while and been pretty consistent. So that's good to know. Yeah, I think the locker room and softball is different. Like, so softball and sports like basketball, because you play so many games, you're around each other all the time. Um, so if you don't have cool people, I think it could go south in a hurry. You know, I don't know about football. I think locker room matters, but you only play like 12 games or something like that, right? How many yeah. games do you play? 12 regular so, season. Yeah, you have your practice stuff, but, you know, you have a little bit of separation. These people are around each other all the time. So if they're not well grounded, I mean, it's just a disaster everywhere. So I, I think it really, really is important in softball. And when you looking at the schedule, especially you, you talked about all the moving parts to how important the non-conference is, even, you know, though it starts early uh, at the end of the road, it, it plays a you know a big factor. You guys have double hitters, and you know everybody's familiar with that. But sometimes you play two different teams in the same day. Yeah. So how how do you scout that? How do you game plan that? And I I don't know if that happens all the time. I was looking at the schedule. I'm like, man, it's not you know a double dip against you know North Carolina. It's North Dakota, and then it's yeah. Louisiana Lafayette. I'm like, how do you? It's hard. I mean, it is so time consuming from a, so I would say, you know, softball coaches who really scout and stuff, I would say we probably don't sleep between February and, 
you know what this sounds odd but when conference play starts you get to sleep a little bit more because you're only scouting one team for a three game series you know it's harder because you know the teams are great and it's hard to beat a team two and three times or whatever but um yeah it's tough you're playing five sometimes four to five different teams on a weekend and like you have to beat them to have a shot in the postseason and and then not only that when you're at the venue so you're scouting going up to the games but when you go to the venue like you could have a game at I don't know, 11 o'clock, and then you're scouting, you're in the stands scouting the teams that you're going to play maybe the next couple of days, and then you might play again at four o'clock. And so then you have to flip it to the team you're going to play. Um, so there's just a, you know, the preseason is, is pretty challenging, I would say. You know, technology has made it better. Um, just like a year ago, they started like, you can click buttons and get people and stuff like that. But before it was all very manual and you had to watch full games and everything. It was pretty tough, but uh, you know, like I said, I, luckily I like watching sports, so it's not that bad. Mm. It could be worse. Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> I could be an accountant or something. I don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, accountants, but right. Right. The accountants yeah. taking strays off the blue. Like, <laughs> Sitting here crunching numbers and bam. <laughs> But yeah, I definitely had to ask you that. You mentioned technology too. I saw you tweet out that you used the go route for the oh first time. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> called I'm the like, So they don't have like all the pitches on a grid, they have it on a scroll. So, you know, you're calling not only like you don't just call curveball, you're like curve this side of the plate, you know, this many balls off. So the the scrolling list is like this. And every time I'd scroll it, I'd like hit and do button. I'm like, wait, no, but you only have like 20 seconds to get the pitch off. So you're just like, wait a minute. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to this the first weekend. This is going to be some our pitcher is going to think I'm like, you know, nuts. So it's going to be fun. Anyway. So, so like crazy. I mean, Pitching backwards, you'll be pitching upside down. It'll be <laughs> They're gonna be like, wow, she is really up to her game. She is not predictable at all this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. That's crazy. So I mean, just I mean, you see the you know, saw the commercial for the helmet, and now it's it's coming in to softball for you know, yeah. no signs anymore. I mean, all that's just are you a fan of it? Are you embracing it? I mean, I, I am, you know, I'm am for a couple reasons. One, um, softball's played, you know, the softball's best when you can keep it closer to two hours. And when the games start getting into three hours, we're like baseball and, you know, you don't really want to watch that. Baseball's fun when you're in the stands and it's hot out and you can get a hot dog and whatever, but you know, no, nobody wants to sit in front of a TV and watch for, you know, two and a half, three hours. And so softball games, we get more fans when we're closer. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of anything that can reduce dead time. Uh, also, you know, teams have like, I don't even know, 10 managers chilling out in the dugout, just trying to pick you and everything. And it's just so annoying. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, so when they're having a cow and I'm not, I should, well, you know how Michigan, whatever's picking signs, we're like, well, we do that every day. You know what I mean? Like softball and baseball, you know, when uh, in the pros, when they're having a cow, they're like, that's how college softball and baseball is. So it's just going to be nice to have the go route and, or whatever technology teams are going to bust out there. In, in the grind of the season, like, you know, you just talked about how many games you guys play. I didn't know you guys played that many games. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a lot. Um, where, how do you as a coach kind of find that balance uh, for your team to maybe have a, a day off here or, you know, go do this as a team, some type of team outing to kind of keep them, uh, you know, it's all about balance, right? Try to keep them afloat when it comes to their, you know, just being able to, to, to recenter 
um, yeah. calibrate mentally without burning out. Yeah, I do think it's tough. You know, they have every Monday off. So you come back, it's, you know, you, you, you go on a tournament, do whatever you come home, you get home really late on Sunday and then all day Monday is off. But with that said, they have school and whatever. So it's not really an off day. And then on our Tuesdays are kind of light. Um, you know, and then you're, you might have a practice on Wednesday also, and then you're on the road again, Thursday or doing whatever, especially in the preseason. So it is tough. We try to, when we're on the road, um, we try to do something in the locale that we're at. So for example, when we go out to San Diego state, we're going to have a morning when we will fly in Wednesday, Thursday, we'll have a morning practice and then we'll go to the San Diego zoo and then we'll have a good dinner with the team. So we try to, um, like try to do something cool in the locations that you're going to be in. You know, obviously you don't do anything cool in Knoxville. No, I'm just kidding. But like <laughs> joking, but um, we try to do that in the preseason. And then, um, you know, we're really, we're really trying to develop relationships in the off season. And, and I know that sounds crazy, but if it's just business, business, business all the time, nobody's going to have a good time. So, you know, we try to get to know each other really well. So, so you can, um, be okay being on the road together. And, and you're right. That's a big part of it. If you can't be on the road together, if you don't like each other, you're going to play like crap. So you got to figure that stuff out early and, and uh, figure it out. But it, it for sure, uh, it's a grind, you know, and we're not traveling, you know, we're traveling in charter buses and commercial flights. And it's not like we're getting on the tarmac and, you know, some teams are chartering on planes everywhere, um, but we don't get to do that that often. So it, it, you spend a lot of time together. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, with all those games, like that's more, more like a pro yeah. mentality from the standpoint of you're with your teammates and the team more than with your family. You're with, you know, the you play 82 NBA games. Those they're with those dudes more than they're yeah. at home, and that's kind of the way it leans with you all playing. You know, 56 games. We're talking about you know Kentucky basketball right now, and it's it's like tied 58, 58. They only play 40 tops, and that's if you make to the final four in a championship. And you guys are, you know, 16 games more than that just in the regular season. Mm -hmm. Then you got a postseason on top of that. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. You know, we try to. So when we're on the road after a game, if as long as it's not one of those late night games, uh, but they get to they go with their families and stuff like that. So their their families travel really well, which is nice. It's a nice break for them. But yeah, it's a that's why I like if somebody's just not cool, you got to get rid of them because it's not like, wow, you're just like a pain between the white lines. But it's like, no, I got to deal with you all the time. And I figured if I don't like somebody, then my players are not going to like that person either. So back to the how do we get along? You just you have to make sure you have really cool people because not you're just stuck with them. And who wants, you know, that's like having like a bad uncle or something like nobody wants to be stuck with that person. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know if you know. Yeah. I have 11 siblings. Luckily, they're all pretty cool, but you don't want you know, to be stuck with them. You got 11? I do. Yeah. I got, I got six and I thought I had a lot. Thank yeah. You. Now they're all cool, but you know. <laughs> Where are you at? in there there are um nine girls i'm the i'm the ninth girl um so mm -hmm. i'm the tenth child there 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 were two boys after me so mm -hmm. wow. pretty cool nine straight daughters and then... yeah well there was a boy in the middle of it so like <laughs> okay. yeah Man. yeah and you're the baby girl wow oh yeah i would like to say that but you know they didn't treat me like the baby girl i was just a girl <laughs> By the time you get down there, you're just another one, you know. <laughs> oh, here comes another one. 
<laughs> so everybody athletic like sports like yourself or, quite a few a yeah yeah quite a few athletes uh you know you're gonna laugh at this my family did the rodeo which was funny to me so i got in sports because it was near where the rodeo was i was like i, I don't want to do that but um you know uh kind of a country team like country family hard work and whatever so it was it was pretty cool it, we were rowdy for sure very competitive you know borderline aggressive but you know <laughs> yeah I, I would assume that i mean yeah you, you, i mean it can't go any other way it's, it's oh, no. and i always say man, at, at some point human beings got to be human beings you, you you get tired of being around people you you know you start getting chippy uh um, oh, yeah. you know it, that's how it goes and, it, and it's fun you know i think uh you know it's just me i i'm the second oldest of uh the kids and whatnot and yeah once you get you know i can see you know, sometimes the parents start to kind of taper off with their discipline. Taper oh, yeah. off. You know, you just, uh, that's the six one, you know, uh, yeah, go ahead and go do what you want to do. Yeah. So. It's like, don't, there's no curfew. Just don't wake us up when you come in. And if you get in trouble, you're just, you know, if you ever get arrested, you're going to stay in jail. I'm not waking up to come get you out. We'll get you the next day. You know, that's luckily crazy. I never got in any trouble like that, but that was kind of the mindset back then. That's amazing. Like, go figure it out. <laughs> So you played your college ball at UMass, and you were an all ATM player while there. What was the scouting report on you? Were you? Oh, did you pitch, or were you? A, no, a no, no, no. I was a first baseman and a catcher. Okay. Um, did not pitch. Uh, my scouting report. Well, Thanks. if I'm being honest, I think you could have taken all nine people and put them on the left side of the field, and I still probably wouldn't have gotten a hit to the right side. I mean, I was a dead pull hitter. Okay. Um, back then there wasn't a lot of strategy. I remember the first time I hit up the middle, and I was all kinds of confused. You know, um, the sport was so different back then. You were just trying to make contact with the ball. It was at 40 feet. There was a white ball. Um, you know, scores were so boring. They were like two to one, one nothing. Uh, the, the sport of softball itself has really evolved since I played. Like, it was so long ago, I barely remember it. It was, you know, and when I think about it, it's kind of funny. to me. You know, I have those reunions and all our teammates are like, yeah, these kids don't understand. Back in the day, we did blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting, I'm like, yeah, you're right. In my head, I'm thinking, you guys are nuts. Like, we didn't do anything like these people do it now. But, you know, I just let them keep thinking that it's okay. And none of them are listening right now, so we're good. <laughs> you don't even burst their bubble. No, no, no. <laughs> Man, so... When it comes to like your recruiting, what is how is the state of Kentucky? How as far as in state and softball from when you got to Kentucky to now, is the talent what's the talent level like for softball in Kentucky? Well, it ebbs and flows like everything else. Um, mostly just because it's a it's a state with a small population. Mm -hmm. Uh, but right now in my freshman class, this is pretty cool. We, we brought in seven freshmen. Five of them are from Kentucky and five of them are like second generation Kentucky, like, like went to the university of Kentucky. So, and they're very good. They're very big. They're very strong. Their parents were athletes and stuff like that. So right now we're, we're doing that. We, uh, we had gone through a little stretch where we didn't have as many, but like four years ago, it was the same thing. We had like five people that started from the state of Kentucky. So it just kind of depends where you get them, but it's a, the players you get from Kentucky are elite. They make a huge investment 
in the sport of softball. They used to make a big investment in basketball, but they're figuring out that, you know, softball, you don't have to be 6'2 to be an elite softball player or whatever, or a basketball player, I'm sorry. So, um, you know, they're really getting into the sport of softball. They're traveling all over the country. I think ESPN has helped with that too, and, and things like these podcasts and stuff like that. So softball itself has really taken off, and some of the better players are from Kentucky. It's just there's not a lot of them because we're just such a small state, small population. Yeah. And with that, you know, kind of with that said, I know at least in my class, you had, uh, I think, a few girls from uh, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I live in Georgia or whatnot. So if you, I mean, if you had to kind of rate like the top three, what are the top three states for softball? Like what, where where would everybody like to go recruit? You know, where's the abundance of, of good softball players? I would say if you're going to states as a whole, um, Georgia is certainly up there um, because they play in the fall. So they play softball now right. all yep. year. That really helps them. The state of Florida has has some really good players. For whatever reason, they're not as organized as well as they could be. But, you know, the talent in the state of Florida is off the charts. The state of Texas is phenomenal as a whole, and you get a lot of players. And then California is probably for softball is probably the elite because they're just so many. They grow softball players on trees out there. But um, – so I'd say those are the four top, 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 just in terms of the amount of ath- the number of athletes and then just how good they are. But there's certain there's softball players now all over the country. Right. It's yeah. just been such an investment. But those to me, those are the the big states. And then the thing that makes the sport of softball kind of different. So in football, you're at when you get a scholarship, you get a full ride. But in softball and baseball, you don't get a full ride. They're partial scholarships. So a softball team has 12 full rides to give to everybody. But academic scholarships don't count. So when you're in a sport like, when you're a state like uh, Georgia has the Hope Scholarship or whatever, you can, because it's an academic scholarship, they can kind of spread it out. And, you know, Florida has the Bright Futures, or I might have them backwards or something. You know, the state of Arkansas. You're right, yeah. The state of Arkansas, you can... um, you know, uh, I think their school like has in-state tuition if you touch the state of Arkansas. So there's all the different states or state schools have different different rules. Um, so depending on what those are, you can kind of stretch your scholarships out. The state of Kentucky really doesn't have a lot. So it puts schools, if you're in an equivalency sport, it puts us at a disadvantage in terms of depth. So I think that's probably the biggest recruiting disadvantage i would say you know i love the players we have and and they're very good so i feel okay about it but i could see where that would be a real hardship um and i think that's why i was so impressed with what minge did last year um because baseball is 11 7 and they have what 35 guys or something i don't Mm -hmm. i don't know how many they're allowed to travel but it's it's that's not a lot of scholarships for how many people they have to have so you all you if i hear you right softball gets 12 full rides every year yeah, and you cut them. Okay. Yeah, and you like partial them out. But like, so you okay. so you stack them with academic stuff. So if you have people who are, who can qualify for academic money, you can add that together. Okay. Um, so it makes, you know, some schools schools give out academic money easier than others. So that's that's uh, back to the states of Georgia and Florida and stuff like that. It's a little bit easier for them to build deeper rosters. Um, that doesn't mean their starters are going to be better or anything. It just means they're going to be able to go deeper. And you mentioned, you know, recruiting and exposure and all that. And, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, Kentucky softball account earlier today tweets out that you guys are going to be on 
some ESPN platform for 12 games. Let's see network, ESPN U, ESPN two, uh Longhorn Network or ACC Network for 12 of the games from uh, February through May. So more exposure. Oh, yeah. Better for recruiting for you getting in more, you know, mm-hmm. households in different areas of the country and things like that, right? Oh, yeah. I, I think ESPN's just been one of the coolest things ever to happen to the sport of softball, just being on TV all the time. They'll, by the time the season is over, something crazy like 400 softball games will have been. Um, broadcast on one of the ESPN platforms. Um, so really, really cool. And then we also live stream. Uh, so on the plus, we get to do all of our home games and all the SEC teams will do all their home games. Uh, so tons of exposure. It makes the game great. You know, everybody's getting stadiums because of it and everything. It's a really fun. If you're a sport fan, it's a really fun sport to watch because you get to be right there. The fans are kind of crazy and you know, softball players are kind of like physical and I don't know, it's, it's just a neat sport if you go live and it's a good TV sport too, if you can keep it close to the two hours. Mm-hmm. And look, the stadium is awesome. John Crop Stadium is great. Um, yeah. You know, Jenna, y'all talked about hadn't been there. Maybe she can get there this year and get her self to Lexington to see. Oh, we'd love to have her. Yeah. yeah. It's a great place. Yeah. It's a great venue. If, if she comes on an SEC weekend, um, it's a really, you know, those Saturday and Sunday games are packed. So it's mm-hmm. it's a really fun place to be. Yeah, it definitely is. Now, you mentioned also uh, that there's times you get, you know, got to work on being mouthy with the officials or less mouthy with the officials. Have you ever gotten ejected? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, only like twice. I mean, I probably, I personally would eject me a little more than I do. But um, I don't think they like filling out the paperwork. But uh you know, they're pretty, I will be honest with you. They're pretty tolerant um, of all SEC coaches really. But um, yeah. And they're right there. I mean, it's, it's something like they're right there and you know, you're like, come on, that was a strike or whatever it is. But, um, and the game is so fast now, some of them, you know, the guys who keep up are great. Some of them just haven't kept up with the speed of the game. So they're, they're kind of painful to watch, but luckily we don't have that many in the SEC. So it's good. How common or uncommon is ejections between you know you or your other coaches league-wide non-conference how often does it happen gosh i might be speaking at a turn but there they'll probably be like 10 in league play maybe across the whole thing you know it's kind of it's kind of one of those things at some point you almost have to in the sport of softball you almost in you know baseball you almost have to get ejected at least once or you're just not a good coach i guess like i i know the fans get mad when when you don't yell at the umpire the fans get super mad so you have to find that like fine line between all right am i going to yell about this is this going to get everybody jazzed up or whatever the case is so it's just kind of part of the part of the culture yeah so um you mentioned we talked about the go route already. You know, you've been a fan of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you in baseball now, it's just to me become household. You hear, you know, exit velocity and launch angle. Is that coming into softball as well? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it, it's been there for a while. And remember, every softball player and every baseball player's, you know, dad or uncle or somebody is a hitting coach, so like they'll get on YouTube and they start looking up like exit below or whatever launch angle. And then you, you know, after about a year of some popular YouTube thing, everybody's like tilted and trying to hit it over the fence. And, you know, it's, <laughs> I think that's a forever thing. Um, but it's fun. You know, luckily there's a lot of good material out there so that 
they're getting good instruction. The, the coaching at the youth level is a lot better than it used to be than when I first started this gig. So, I've, so they're coming into Kentucky game ready. So I feel good about that, but, uh, oh yeah, it's, it's here. And I'm like, yeah, that launch angle is great. You know, as you like get your butt back to the dugout cause you just missed three times. Cause there's a nice call, but yeah. yeah you swing with the fences, I guess. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you're messing my swing. I was like, no, you got a hole like this big kid, the kid's throwing it this direction and you're tilting. So I don't, you know, but. And is there, and we know, look, the rise ball is, that's like the sinker in baseball. You can't lay off of it. You think you can get to it. <laughs> yeah. and does anybody really throw a lot of sinking stuff or? Uh, yes. Um, people do throw stuff. It doesn't have quite the bite you do in baseball because the distance is shorter, mm -hmm. but those are all your ground balls. But right now in softball, because that we've changed the pitching rules a little bit, um, which is a good thing, but people are throwing so hard now. So a softball, it's pretty common now for a softball player to be upper 60s. And when you start getting over 65, that's like 90 to 100 in baseball. So just about in the SEC, the, the re reaction time is close to 100. You know, at least two out of the three games that you're going to play in SEC play. So that's really, really changed things. So back to like your launch angle and stuff. Yeah, you're going to be trying to hit 70 and doing all. It's just not going to happen. I mean, it's, it's not very realistic. I mean, these these. uh this is one thing live. It is so when you see these pitches live and you're up close, it's impressive. It's pretty so, hard. You just yeah. worry about timing it up and making contact. Yeah. Forget trying to time it up with a launch angle and all this Because if you hit it, it's going to go somewhere. The field is so tiny, but hitting it's the uh, right. And you're just trying to look not like, not look like a fool before you go back to the dugout. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I got to ask you this too before we let you go, Coach. I, I've asked uh, Coach Madison this you know, several different times, had him on you know, uh, different podcasts before. But what in your memory is maybe the best play that you've ever seen, like a, like a jaw-dropping play that has went your way when your team has made it, you know, whether offensively or defensively, mm. What's the most jaw-dropping play that's went against you to where it's like, I just gotta, just gotta tip my cap. That was an amazing play. What's, what's oh gosh, I mean, so many, um, both directions. Uh, I would say, um, in two thousand, not pretty recently. The last time actually we hosted in John Crop Stadium, um. Every time we've hosted in John Crop, we have advanced to Super Regionals or whatever. And we had lost to Notre Dame, um, and we had to beat them twice to go on. And uh, our second baseman made a diving play. In the same game, there were two. Our second baseman made a diving play going backwards into right field and somehow caught a ball. And that was the stop that we needed to take us to. Uh, super regional. So I thought that was cool. And in that same game, our outfielder, our center fielder made a diving play backwards into the fence and like, almost like, you know, just smashed your face and everything. So that was pretty cool. Um, but anyway, those two plays in that one game, I think it's when the games propel you um, forward kind of situation. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of against us. Oh, um, it would have been like the first time we would have gone 
to like a postseason game or something like that. And I would just remember the left fielder from Alabama, like climbed the fence, basically caught the ball, like whole body is completely over the fence and somehow brought it back in. And that home run would have been the one to propel us to our first postseason, mm. like NCAA tournament or whatever. So that was kind of a heartbreaker, but God, that's a tough one. I'd have to really think that one through. There's been so many amazing plays um, that I've seen on both sides of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, last thing, tell us, you know, some of the listeners, new names to watch for. We, mm. we know the veterans. We know the household names. Who are some new up-and-comers that you think we're, we're going to soon know pretty well but don't know quite yet? Um, well, I would say offensively right now, Allie Hutchins is a freshman and right now she's top two on the team this January in like every offensive category. So it's her and our veteran, our senior who's on, uh, Aaron Koffel. So I would say Allie Hutchins, um, and then on the mound, Sydney Langdon, once she gets a little experience, she's really special. She's from Georgia, uh, and she's a freshman pitcher, but she's really, really good. So I think those two are, are uh, if I was just going to pick two and one on each side of the ball, I would pick those two names for sure. Good stuff. Good stuff, Coach. We are looking forward to seeing y'all get it going here next week out there out west and crossing the country, coming back to Florida and, you know, getting February out of the way so y'all can get some home games and some warm weather at John Crop. Thank you so much for taking the time and, Wish you all the best all year long. Always pulling for you and always appreciate you. And thank you so much for taking time to hop on with, with two dudes you didn't even know. And you still chopped it up with it. <laughs> oh, you guys are great. I had fun. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Good luck. All right. Yes, thank man. you. Appreciate all right. it. Nice seeing you guys. Thank all you. Right. you all right. Bye. Coach Rachel Lawson, February 9th, kicks off. They got Stanford. And... West Coast trip, warm weather and all that good stuff. So appreciate her coming on to, to chop it up, give us a little preview and we'll get everybody ready, man. It's time for them to get it going. Yeah, man. I, You know, I, like I said, I, I enjoy watching softball. I think it's really competitive. The game is fast. Um, you know, I, I just think it's a good sport. So, you know, uh, maybe one day I'll go out there and check out a game. Um, but, yeah, good luck to the coach and the squad, man. I think, you know, Make a run this year, see what they can do. Mm-hmm. I got to get back. It's been a little while since I've been to a softball game, and I haven't been to the new baseball stadium. I've been to the cliff, but the, the Kentucky Proud Park right there beside a, a Kroger Field. I, yeah, I, I haven't been So I got to get to a game up there. It's, it's, you know, money well spent into that facility. And it was jumping last year because, like she mentioned, the, the baseball team made it to the, to the Super regional and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, nice stadium, nice facility. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to it, man. This get March Madness, which is almost here because this year's already flying by. And then March, right. after March Madness, then it's baseball and softball. We have a spring game, baseball and softball until you roll through the summer. Um, got to tell everybody about, man, our, our autograph app, man. Uh, we partnered up with autograph where everybody that listens to podcasts like ours, consumes content, reads UK articles, this app consolidates it all into one place, Jalen, man. I went on there, you click podcast, we pop up, all the other UK podcasts that people like, it's all right there. All you got to do is click it and listen. If you want to read an article from a sea of blue or whatever, it's all right there. 
you got to check out the Autograph app. If you want to get rewarded for listening to our show, the team at Autograph, co-founded by Tom Brady, has redefined the fan experience by letting users earn points for the acts of fandom they take every day, like listening to this show. The Autograph fandom app gives you access to all your favorite Kentucky content in one place and offers rewards like tickets, exclusive merchandise, and more. You're already listening to our show, but now you can earn points and get rewarded for it. So head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Fandom Rewarded and download it for free today using our referral code Believe Kentucky, B L E A V Kentucky, all together. The link in the code will also be in this podcast description. And look, if you're a fan of another team, first of all, bless your heart. But if you're a fan mm-hmm. of another team, you can download the app, use our code, and then click on your team and get all that content. Michigan was the first school that Autograph partnered up with. And look, Tom Brady was a co-founder. That makes perfect sense. He went to Michigan. But Wisconsin is on there. There's, I think, North Carolina. They came to Kentucky. After they did Michigan, they came and started partnering up with you know Kentucky podcasters and content creators. But if you're a fan of somebody other school, you can still use our code, download the Autograph app, and then access the content for your squad. So definitely do that. It's a cool app. And you get points for doing stuff. You know, you, you you read an article, you get points. You listen to a podcast, you get points. Your points pile up, and then you get offers. You get discounts for merch and different things like that. Um, I got an offer the other day. Let me see. Let me pull it up right now. Um, for 20% discount for the Home Field Store, uh, Kentucky Apparel. Just sent me a little code. Go online to home field, 20% off of my purchase for UK stuff. Just for listening to some podcasts and reading some articles in the autograph app. It's that easy. Let them pile up. Get, you know, got more stuff you can become eligible for, more rewards that are right there for you. So good stuff, man. No doubt. Gotta get your thoughts, man. We had an episode yesterday, you know, AG and I, uh since he's at the game tonight, you know, uh the big news of the week, football-wise, Eric Wolford coming back. Uh, so he's going to be the offensive line coach, Zach Yenzer. They parted ways with him. So I had to get your thoughts on on that, you know, because that kind of turned everybody's heads, man. It was it was kind of some shocking news from a couple of days ago. Yeah, man. I, I think um, it, it's a good hire, uh, definitely, when it comes to schematics and, you know, um, kind of the, I guess, relationship on the field between, you know, uh, the coaches and the players. Obviously, Wolford has been there in the year in 2021 when he was there. They really had a, a, a solid year, um, a good year, a great year on offense, actually. So, you know, uh, that's good. You know, you hate to see a, a coach who feel like he poured it all into the program, you know, get let go. Um, however, you know, as we know, it's a business, and I'm sure um, Cohen is, is kind of happy to have uh, Yenza back, you know, from Alabama. You know, now, you know, I'm sure in the office that, you know, one of the first things, okay, what did you learn from Alabama that we can use uh, mm-hmm. to help enhance what we're doing um, and, and enhance, you know, and, and increase our guys' ability to uh, be successful, you know, on game day. So I think it's good, man. You get some continuity there. Uh you know, you get you get a, a guy who obviously has a, a, a track record with Stoops. 
um, you know, and, and there's some familiar, familiarity there that uh, that can really help. You know, it's all about being cohesive at the end of the day. And when you are, you got a chance. When everybody's on the same page, everybody has the same plan. Um, those teams always have a shot, especially when you're physical up front. You know, his O-lines have been physical up front, you know, have been uh, productive. So, you know, good get back. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure they hated him. And I'm sure they had a few jokes of him, uh, you know, going to Alabama and Nick Saban retiring and he having to come back and whatnot. But uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll iron that thing out pretty quick and get back to business as usual. Yeah. And like you said, he was here when Cole was here. They were they were there both a year, but they were there together. So they uh, they know how each other works or are familiar with each other. Um, with Saban retiring at this point of the year, he he would have been out of a job. I guess he was probably looking to, yeah. like, like Aaron said, he might have been trying to be like an analyst for somebody or something because there wasn't nearly any openings uh, until Kentucky kind of sees that, hey, we can get him, and then they made a space available for him. So, um, And we had talked, too, about with, with you know, Liam Cohen, if if he were to leave, because I think he interviewed with Tampa Bay today, if 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 something happens that he was to leave, Kentucky's probably having to make a panic hire because we're in it's February the first here in a couple hours, and you need an OC, and you get scrambling around. I guess in their minds, with Wolford coming available, they can upgrade, and it's not a panic move. That's a what we think. You know, end of the day. This guy can maybe do a better job than what Yinger had been doing. Yeah. You mentioned physicality up front and big blue wall wasn't really what it was under Coach Schlarman and, and even the year under Wolford. Um, so they felt the need to maybe pull the trigger and upgrade at that position group or at that, that coaching spot. So, um yeah, I mean, you know, it, like you said, it, it, at the end of the day, we always get reminded and smacked in the face that this thing is really a business, man. I mean, because you get you got a coach who, you know, I thought they 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 had a they had a solid season this year, uh, better than it was in 2022, and maybe you know he was going to keep building that thing because at the end of the day, when you, we can say big blue wall and yes, but we got a different guy in that room. It's different, you know, um, and it takes time for the for you to get your culture set in your office line room. And maybe his he felt like his culture was on the rise in the room. Guys getting to know him. He getting to know the guys. Um, and, and, and like you said, this thing is a business, man. So they made a switch. Uh, and it's such a business that, like I said, don't be surprised. You, you grab your phone in the middle of the night and see an update that Liam Cohen is the new OC with the Tampa Bay Bucks or whatever. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked. And now as Stoops, you got to go out and make an OC hire and uh, kind of figure out what you want to do with that. You just got a new receiver coach, so it's not like you got Woody who you can maybe move into that spot if he was ready for that. Now you got to really go out and, and go find a guy from the outside. Uh, if I had to guess, I'm not sure if they have anybody on staff that's that's – you know, ready to be an OC at this level. So, mm-hmm. um, so you know that that like I said, I I I'm glad that uh, I'm not a <laughs> head coach in college right now. It's just so much. It's nonstop. It doesn't stop, especially when you're at 
a school with good coaches because people are going to try to take your coaches. And now also your coaches are going to try to upgrade when you have coaches, period. So they're going to try to take the next step in their career. So, you know, it's a lot of work, I'm sure. However, uh, Kentucky has had a good track record of attracting good coaches. So, you know, I'm sure Stoops got to probably meet with his quarterbacks and receivers and offensive line and say, hey, you know, we're going to bring somebody in here that's that's worthy of you staying here and having success. So um, it's just a lot of dynamics that go into it. You know, even the business has trickled down to the players because now, you know, rightfully so, you'll get some players to say, hey, you know, the coach that I wanted to play for is not here. So mm -hmm. why am I here? Um, you know, so there used to be a time where players used to go to schools because they liked the school. They liked what the school had to offer. They liked the area, the city, state, whatever. Now it's strictly based on they want to play for a certain coach which that's always been, always been that a little bit, but they want to play for a certain coach and, you know, how much money can they make? You know, they're not really worried about as much as they used to. I'm sure there's some out there, but worried about, you know, the school and, you know, academics as much, you know, now this thing is the business has trickled down to the 18 year old freshman now. So uh, it's just a lot. So hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully for, for everybody around it, they can get some sleep and knowing that, you know, they got a solid foundation and their coaches aren't trying to move around and rock that foundation. So um, that's all you can ask for as a coach, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he'll have a few weeks to kind of reacclimate and see what he's got and see his room. And, you know, apparently he was – you know, we talked about what a good recruiter he was last week, you know, with all the Detroit guys he brought in. And so they'll they'll get that back, you know, with, with his ability to bring in talent, which is, uh, you know, just but you, you got to have it. So, uh, you know, let's see what happens, man. What else is anything else jumping out on, you know, for you that, you know, when we had the AFC championship game, NFC championship game, you know, we can talk Super Bowl even more next week, but – your thoughts on, you know, I think you wanted Baltimore, Detroit, right? <laughs> yeah, I did, man. I, I, I got a lot of theories about this thing, man. I, this, this, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I wanted to see Baltimore, Detroit. I want to see something different. Obviously, I, I, I like watching the Ravens. I like watching Lamar. Uh, not a Louisville fan, but guys, that is one of my favorite players ever to watch play football. Um, he is just spectacular. They, you know, didn't play as well as he could on, on last Sunday. However, uh, when he's playing well, he's the best player in the league, obviously. And it's the reason why he's probably on his way to a second MVP. Uh, I love the way Detroit play physical, you know, they, you can tell they play as one unit as a coach. I love to see that they came out of smack 49ers in the mouth and, mm -hmm. you know, something changed, uh, you know, before half or right at half. And that thing changed around. So, um, you know, I guess we'll be uh, happy to watch the Super Bowl this year. To be honest with you, I don't really care about it. Uh, I'm being 100% honest. I don't care who wins. I don't care how it goes. I, you know, I just, you know, I, you know, I, I think a lot of people are tired of seeing these, you know, definitely the Chiefs. Now, I will say I admire the schematics, uh, no doubt. You know, mm -hmm. I nerd on that coach as a coach I, I love seeing it but you know from a just a fan perspective um 
just a fan of the game. I wanted to see something different. I wanted to see some different teams in there, uh, some different energy in there, you know, some different quarterbacks, some different storylines. The Dan Campbell storyline was, you know, outstanding what he did with that organization. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted to see that, but you know, it is what it is, man. You know, I'm sure everybody will be watching anyway. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, two great teams, you know, playing at the highest level of football that you can possibly play at in the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, You know, the whole Taylor Swift thing is is, is kind of taking on a life of its own. Um, You know, I think that's a a great business move by the NFL, by the way. Uh, Really good business move. But, you know – you know, it, it. You know, it'll. It'll. I'm sure it'll. It'll bring some excitement to to the TV screen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, you know, Aaron talked about. You know, Dan Campbell had done this all year, but you, man, you just keep going for it on fourth down, and uh, yeah, a couple of field goals. You know, if you kick a field goal and go up twenty-seven to ten, maybe you're, you're able to, you know, change the direction of the game. I'm a Cowboys fan. I saw him playing the Cowboys, and he, you know, he, he went for two over and over and over again. And you know, Dallas won that game 20 to 19. It went for two. I think it was a penalty on them. It got moved back. He still went for two. Then it was a penalty on the Cowboys, and it got moved back to the two yard line. He still went for two. He just <laughs> so that's what he does, yeah. and it just it just didn't go his way. I don't. You, I mean, yeah. As as a coach, you can't. If you do it, you can't change it up. Like I tell people all the time, I, I respect it because if, if if I'm a player and my all season my coach has been aggressive, but now we get in the biggest moment of the year, he's not aggressive. Mm. I have lost confidence in the guy. Why why not be aggressive now? Like we we've made it this far and we were aggressive, and we mm. get in the biggest moment and now we're not. Man, I so like I said, it's easy it's easy for me to say yes. They should have kicked the field goal, especially on one of them. They should have kicked the field goal. However, when you've been that aggressive all year, you it, it, it players love coaches that do stuff like that. That you feel empowered, man. You feel like your coach is is is, is one of the guys when he's going for it on, in those type of situations. Hmm. So I'm sure those guys in the locker room, you know, were like, man, I, I respect it. Now the kicker may not have been happy, but I'm sure everybody else was like, man, we've been doing it the whole year. I, I coach, I respect the fact that you still did it in this. I, that's a guy I could believe in. That's mm. why he. That's why he galvanized the organization that way. That's just who he is. I think you know. So, you know, who's to say? Like, if they happen to catch a couple balls down the stretch, you know, they end up winning that game. Not everybody. That's a great call. It's yeah. a great call when you win. It's a bad call when it do, when it don't go well. So, yeah. um, so I, I I don't you know I don't I get what everybody's saying. However. I also see it from a in the locker room standpoint. When my coaches have been doing this all year, don't change it up now. We've had success, whatever their record was. They only lost six games throughout the year, whatever seven games. Um, mm-hmm. So let's let's keep this thing rolling. So uh, you know, shout out to them, man. I think you know, I'm sure that's did wonders for that area, that city. Um, you know, and and hopefully we see them back. You know, see them back next year. When we got Josh Pascal on the team. Yeah. Uh, you got, you know, uh, uh, Deion Hamilton, who I know personally, who's from my hometown that played for Alabama, who's coaching on that on that coaching staff. Uh, so I was kind of happy to see uh, see them make it that far, man. Because when the last time Detroit has ever had a season like that? I mean, not in my lifetime. Uh, no, 
So, oh, like, you know, 90, 92, I think they made the NFC Championship game yeah. and lost to the lost to Washington. So, yeah, that's the, you know, 30 years since they were doing anything close to this. Yeah. So, <laughs> 30, you know, 30 plus years. Yeah. yeah 32, about 32 years. So, hey, you know, <laughs> they're they doing a good job for themselves, man. Yeah. Kentucky up 83 79, 28 seconds left. Are they trying okay. to hang on and beat Florida? And that was my whole thing. Look, don't you can't look ahead to Tennessee coming in Saturday, their top five and all that. And you can't, you know, just assume that since you beat Florida down there already a few weeks ago, that it was just going to be light work just because you played them in Rep Arena. And it's, it's, it's been a dogfight all night, but you know, hang on for. 28 seconds and you'll you'll get another another win. Um I might put you on the spot right quick before you wrap up, but it might not. But you said last week, uh Roquan Smith, you being an offensive guy, a quarterback, Roquan Smith is one of the guys that will make you watch defensive football. So if you had a top three, top five defensive players that you watch, or oh, okay, this guy will make me watch defensive watch football, who is on Jalen Whitlow's list of Defenders that he will watch on that side of the ball right now, right, right now, or right now, or in your lifetime, or however you want to, however you want to do it. Uh, All right, definitely, definitely, uh, Roquan Smith. Um, I think he, you know, he just got that old school mentality he brings to the field, you know. Um, so I, I like, I like watching that. Um, I used to love watching Tyron Matthew. I used to love watching Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson coming out of college was one of my favorite players to watch. He was a returner. Uh, he played, you know, corner, and he was a dog, uh, you know. So I, I enjoyed watching him even as a, his first couple years in Arizona. I think he was one of the best players in the NFL. Um, Tyron Matthews as well coming out of LSU. Um, who else? I enjoy – I thoroughly enjoyed this is college but watching Caleb Downs. Caleb Downs is the best high school football player I've ever seen. Um, you know, and it's, I don't know how close it is, to be honest with you. Well, I, I, it is close because Travis Hunter's on that list too. <laughs> I, co I coached against Travis Hunter back in 2020. Mm. When he was a junior in high school at uh, Collins Hill High School around here. And we could not throw the ball to his side of the field. You know, he made every play. Um, mm. and, and watching Caleb Downs, man, Caleb Downs is probably the most well-rounded young football player I've ever seen. You know, you put him at any position on the field, even in the state championship game a couple years ago, um, he was the best player when he was at running back. He was the best running back on the field. And when he was snap, taking a snap at quarterback, he was the best athlete on the field. He was taking a, you know, a snap at safety, he was the best player on the field. Um, so he was one of, the, one of those guys that I enjoyed watching. Obviously, like Ray Lewis, Ed Reed was an absolute dog. I enjoyed watching him. So it's hard for me to rank him. Um, and I'm missing some. I know I am. However, uh, those guys were were some of the guys that I really, you know, as an offensive guy, I I really enjoyed watching. Um, you know, I could go back. Man, I mean, who who am I missing? Troy Polamalu. I mean, you know, I could go all the way back. Um, what's the uh, what's the um, Asante Samuel? You know, Ooh. you know, all of those guys. I I mean. You know, I, I was a little bit too young to really grasp Deion Sanders. When I was really watching him, he was already at the back end of his career mm -hmm. in Baltimore and whatnot. Um, 
but you know, I, I enjoy watching those guys. Cam Chancellor was one of my favorite players to watch. Mm. Cam Chancellor was a was an absolute beast um playing safety. Uh, you know, so yeah, man, I you know, Earl Thomas, that whole LOB in Seattle that those couple years, you know, that, that was crazy. But yeah, those those a few guys, man. Yeah, that's that's a good list. Good list. And from the before your time, I mean, you got to put Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor on there, but that's way before oh, yeah. you. you know, yeah, yeah, that's 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 before my time. Yeah. Like I said, I always like to, you know, you got people my age who they cape for Michael Jordan as the greatest ever, um, but they never really watched Michael Jordan in his prime. We, I remember playing NBA um, NBA Live two thousand three, and we playing, you know, uh, I, I got you know Jordan on the Wizards and whatnot. And watch it. That, that's all I. That, that's all I really know. I could go yeah. on YouTube and look at. You can look at full games on YouTube with Michael Jordan, but I never take the time to do it. I've seen the highlights. Everybody talk about them, but I was like, I can't really like like the LT thing. Uh, I can't say that I enjoy watching him or he's in my top five because I never really watched him. You know, what yeah. I'm saying I don't. I don't know. Like I, I'm sure he was great, and obviously oh, the highlights say he was. But I, I, you know, I can go based on what I've seen. Um, and and based on what I've seen, you know, uh, you know, what's the what's the guy named Clemens from uh, the Seahawks a few years ago, back in like 2012, 2011, 2013. Um, he was a DN. Uh, he's related to Josh Clemens that played running back at Kentucky. That's his okay. cousin. Um, okay. So yeah, um, you know, do you remember you remember Derek Tatum? Played for Kentucky. Name sound familiar. Uh and I asked that because he, he he he's around here. He does like camps and stuff around here. I didn't know he played for Kentucky, but uh he hmm. said he played for Kentucky. Um and I, I just want I wanted to you know wanted to make sure I asked you that if you remember yeah. name sounds familiar, but uh and we are in overtime by the way. I don't know what happened. Up four with twenty eight seconds and now it's tied going to overtime. Wow. So I don't I don't know. I I blinked and the game was tied. I was just about to say that's good that they're winning close games. I'm glad <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, Dude, yeah. yeah, I have to look him up, man, because I'm not. Yeah, but was what position did he play? You remember? I think he played DB. I think he played corner or safety. Let's see. Oh, here he is. Like maybe back in Lorenzen's time or something like that. Yeah, I have to look him up, man. But yeah, okay. Yeah, I was just I was just curious if you remember them, but um yeah. Yeah, man, but that's just had to get your thoughts, man. Uh since you we went here yesterday, had some football news and you know, get the predictions or whatever for the Super Bowl next week and all that, because we got got all that, but um get it off of here and see if Kentucky can gut this one out. They they did ground one out at Arkansas Saturday. That was, you know, 63-57. And their shots wasn't falling. You know, they scored 90 points a game, and they scored 63-1, and one, so that was good. I'm going to have to see what happened. They go from up 83-79, though, with 28 seconds left, and then next thing I know, they jump ball for overtime. Something crazy happened. But, yeah. uh, but all part of the ups and downs of the season, and we'll talk about this and more next week as well. But – Appreciate you hopping on tonight, Jay. No um, doubt, man. Thanks to Coach Lawson for hopping on, talking some softball, man. We definitely appreciate that. And 
Looking forward to their starting their season. Uh, everybody subscribe and check out the podcast. Check out the autograph app. Watch us on YouTube, live, wherever you get your podcast. You can watch or listen however you want to do it. We appreciate you. Everybody be safe and have a good night. And we'll holler at y'all next week on another episode of Believe in Kentucky. We'll catch y'all next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.